Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hello, 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 hello. Yay! <laughs> now we got some voice. So cool. Awesome to be here in on the first day of summer in the Northwest, right? Everybody keeps telling me that um, that um, July 5th is the first day of summer here, and I'm starting to believe them, right? But we couldn't have had uh, a more perfect day, and so I'm going to try to preach with this mask on because I don't think it's fair for y'all to have to wear a mask and me not do. So, but um, anyway, I just want to encourage you guys um, this morning, and um, I want to share a little bit and from, from the Bible, which is kind of why we're here, right? So, um, this is kind of our element, right? Um, before I get going any, any further, um, I'd like to introduce, we have all the way from, ja- is it Jacksonville, Texas, not Florida, Texas, the real Jacksonville, Central Baptist Church. Thank you guys for, for coming and... And um, Pastor Mike and Terry Miller and Terry's here. So thank you, thank you guys, and for all you guys' support and stuff. And then, all the way from Cedro Woolley, Day Creek, Washington. My C4 Network directors, Mr. Timothy and Melissa Moore. Did you want to say hi or anything? Or no? He's like, you go ahead. He's like, he's like, like I'm not gonna talk. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen him not talk, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so this is our element. This, this is what we like to do. We're like, I'm usually, like, I love to be outside and I love the great outdoors. Most of the time we're either out on grass or in dirt, right? Now I said on grass, not. It doesn't mean what some people think around here, right? But it means being outside, right? And so um, I was just thinking, you know, um, how awesome it is. And so much of the time, I think we get in a spot where, where we're fighting against everything so much, we forget to see the blessings and stuff that's going on. And so this is a huge blessing and a huge opportunity, right, to, to get outside of four walls and for the community to see that we're here and that we can worship and that we're alive and that, that we're doing something, right? And so I think it's one of the greatest times on this planet to be alive. And I think we should be really thankful for that. Amen. And so um, I want to be thankful for, for, for all that God does, even with the things I don't like. Right? A- am I the only one? Like there's stuff, man, I don't like that, but thank you for the opportunity. And so we've had more opportunities. Yesterday we were in Darrington um, and our community, usually the community up there, where we do the Cowboy Church has a parade every year. And this year, instead of doing the parade normally, what we did, we did socially distance parade. How many has ever been in a socially distancing parade? <laughs> Me either until yesterday. Now I can check that off the list, right? And so instead of going through the parade, we went up and down every street in Darrington. And I walked a good chunk of that. And I was like, let's do a parade. Usually it's like a mile and like you're done, right? <laughs> Not this. You know, it's like, good Lord, you didn't tell me we're covering zigzagging the whole town. But 
but it was a great blessing and just to see the people appreciate that and appreciate the contact and appreciate what's going on and so this being um, just on the heels of Independence Day and um, I love Independence Day but so much of the time I think that we get caught up in the 4th of July that we think that we forget that it is Independence Day and it's about freedom and it's about people who sacrifice their lives and gave, gave their lives for people so thank you for all the veterans is there any veterans out here thank you for your stand up and let us yeah thank you thank all you guys so so um, anyway we appreciate we appreciate you lots um, so um, <clears throat> Anyway, I was reading this story. We hear about the men who, who signed the Declaration of Independence, and there were 56 of them. And we think, you know what? They got together and they signed this proclamation, and then everything went perfect for them. You know, it's kind of like when we meet Jesus, we think, you know what? I'm going to give my heart to Jesus, and then I'm never going to have a problem ever again. You know what? It's kind of like when you get married, right? Like, I'm married, so now I'm never going to have a problem again. In fact, just like yesterday, I looked at my wife and I said, are you going to ever figure out I'm right all the time? You know, it's over 20 years. And I was like, good Lord, right? But we think there's never going to be another problem. We're never going to go through anything. And so it's almost like it was so long ago that we forget that they went through struggles and they went through hardships. And many of them, it cost them their lives and it cost them their fortunes and it cost them their families. And there was a price that was paid for the freedom that we have today, for the freedom that we have to gather, and for the freedom that we have to worship. And that's a big deal, right? So I was reading this story about, hold on, I'm trying to read it off my phone, because I, it says this, what happened to the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Five signers were captured by the British's traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons serving in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? 24 were lawyers and jurists, 11 were merchants, 9 were farmers and large plantation owners, Men's of, men of means, well-educated, but they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw a ship swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay for his debts and died in rags. Thomas McKeon was so honored, was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him and poverty was his reward. Vandals or soldiers looted the properties of Dillery Hall, Clymer Walton, Gwinnett, Hay Gwinnett Hayward, Rutledge, and Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters, and he quietly urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed, and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife, and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife 
from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and, gr and gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in the forest and caves, returning home to find his wife dead and children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. John Hart, um, Norris and Livingston suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. These were not wide-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. They were soft-spoken men of means and education. They had security, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pleaded for the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives and our fortunes and our sacred honor. We don't call Christmas the 25th of December. We don't call Valentine's the 14th of February. So remember, we're not celebrating just the 4th of July, but we're celebrating Independence Day. Amen? So it's a little different than some of the stuff I normally share, but I just, I just wanted to highlight that because of the days and the times we're living in. It's important for us to not, not, uh, not be living in fear not be living in all we can because we got so much stuff that's bombarding us from every side and and so so it seems like almost like there's this big arm that's coming down and pushing on us like maybe some people are comfortable like that but i'm a cowboy man like i don't do good like that right that's why i'm more comfortable when i'm out here and it feels like all this stuff's coming in on us but i want to tell you something when the pressure is the greatest is when god can do the most right you know why because we let go of who we are and what we can do and we give it to God and we say you know what God this is about you and about what you can do and how big you are and how great you are and I know that if I just put my trust and if I just put my hope in you that it's going to work out and so this is a time that we're called to maybe be even though we're a little bit uncomfortable right it's it's not always a bad thing right there's no growth in comfort right so one of the things I do when I'm getting a cult going <laughs> you're like, you think I just walk out there and I'm just patting him and go, oh, Pookie, you're a good boy. Now, please don't fuck me off. No, that's not what I do at all. You know what I do? I make them uncomfortable till they move their feet. And I don't even care if they go where I want them to at first. I just move their feet. I get them moving and pretty soon I'll ask them to place that foot in a certain spot and they'll place it. When I get one foot, I get the second. Right? The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are what? are ordered by the Lord and we build on it and we go on it and we build a relationships to where that horse can trust me and knows that wherever I place its feet and wherever I go that that I'm not going to put it in a bad spot but it also knows that I'm not ever going to let it be comfortable amen so embrace this embrace this embrace the 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 well in the I was in the Navy they say Embrace the stink. They wouldn't say stink. Right? I don't want to get, get in trouble, right? But embrace it and say, you know something, God? You're going to turn this around and you're going to make this good. And so um, in the last several months, we've been able to reach more people for Jesus than, than I have in several years. Isn't that right, Timothy? So God's doing a great work and he'll do a great work in your life. And I was just thinking about that and the steps that we take and stuff like that. I remember I was in the Navy and when I got to the Navy, first thing they put me in was boot camp. 
Anybody got, remember boot camp? You're like, how bad can the Navy be? You have no idea, right? We're an Oklahoma boy who grew up in the middle of nowhere, right? So they get me in boot camp, and first morning I wake up, like, I'm like, this can't be no bad, because, like, like, my family goes back in the military, like, years and years and years, and so I was, like, supposedly prepared for this, right? So I'm like, this is all right. I know they're going to wake me up and come yelling and screaming at me, but what I was not prepared for was who would be coming and yelling and screaming at me, right? So, so the trash can comes rolling down, right, the center aisle, and as this was rolling down the center aisle, Waking up, I, there's this little man, he's like this tall, and he's screaming and yelling, right? But he wasn't just an ordinary man. At that time, there was a, a horror movie out called Child's Play. And they had a little doll named Chucky, right? I tell you, it was real. He come to life. That was the dude that was rolling the thing, and he was coming screaming and yelling, and we are like, we're going to die. We're in like a real life horror movie. Like he wasn't this tall, but I mean, you could tell he was evil. Right. And so I was like, man, I was prepared for, you know, the rock. And I got like Chucky. I did not sign up for this. Right. So I had this one kid with that was right next to me. We called him lunch bucket. And because he looked like a lunch bucket, it wasn't just a regular nickname. Right. So he comes running. He comes walking down and he's like this is who i am and you're gonna do what i say and 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 when i say something i want you to say yes sir and he and he goes what do you think and he goes yep i thought oh this guy's not just ugly he's stupid and so i was like he's in trouble right so um anyway chucky we called him chucky chucky gets in his face and he said I said, say, yes, sir, blankety blank. And he looks at him a straight face, does anything, and he goes, yes, sir, blankety blank. <laughs> and from that time on, all I remember is doing push-ups. <laughs> Not just one person got in trouble, but the whole stinking crew got in trouble, right? And so it's kind of rotten and kind of the way things went, but that's kind of what Adam did to us, too. Do you hear what I'm saying? Adam got us in trouble, right? But it took one man to get us out. And you know what his name was? His name was Jesus. Now, one thing about the military is what they changed everything about us. They changed the way we ate, the way we sleep, how we folded our clothes. We had to actually make our bed, right? Everything was a certain way, and they stripped that old identity and all those old thoughts and all those old things from us and created something new in us. And it taught us discipline and it taught us that when someone yells, move, move, right? And it's been a benefit to my life as a believer too because now I'm not just a, a son, but I'm in the Lord's army, right? And so now when he says move, I can say, okay. And I was like, well, let me think about this. We actually need to call a meeting with the elders, right? How many of you like need committees before you do anything for God? I'm the only one up here who ever done that, right? But but it comes to a place where we're following God and we're we're guy we're we're totally immersed in God and what God wants to do and who God is. And that's what's great about God. 
It's because he's so faithful and he's so true and he's so just that he never intended us for, for us to walk in, in slavery. He never intended for us to walk in bondage. And the Bible says it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And so I was just thinking about, I'm going to go into the Bible here. You're about to go. It's about time. And I'm going to go into Joshua. And so here's Joshua. Uh, I'm in Joshua chapter 24. And I'm going to go in verse 1. And um, I love Joshua. And um, he's one of my favorite dudes in the Bible. He's the one with Caleb, right? Where, where they said, said, I want you to go in, into the promised land, right? And like they sent 10 other dudes with them. And these other dudes are like, man, there's giants there. We can't take them. And you know what? They were right. They couldn't take them. And they ended up dying. But Joshua and Caleb, they saw what God saw instead of seeing what was going on around them, right? So Joshua became a great leader right and he done so much but there are some people they were starting to fall into some of their old ways and so into some of the idolatry and stuff like that so here hold on i gotta breathe for a second <laughs> okay i'm back are you guys with me man i almost ate this last week i keep joking i need to make these edible and then i can really sell them the So, so here's Joshua, and, and I love this in verse 21, or 20, chapter 24, verse 1, because Joshua's reviewing, reviewing Israel's history. And it says, uh, I'm going to preach the gospel from the Old Testament here. You guys good with that? You know the old gospels in the New Te Old Testament. We do here, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, it says this, And Joshua assembled all the tribes of, e of Israel, at Shechem, he summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to this people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Now, I love how he's starting off. He gathers them all together, and then he presents them before God, and then he said, this is what God says, right? So much of the time we have meetings and we're like, well, this is what the governor said, or this is what so-and-so said, or this is what someone else said. But what did God say? That should be our first um, response every time, right? And so Joshua was seeking God. But also, I'm going to veer off for just a second here. You guys okay with that? Because there's something too rich here for me to, to pass up when it's talking about Joshua. It says, and Joshua assembled at the tribes, uh, um, all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. Shechem? Doesn't that sound familiar? Anybody ever hear of Shechem before? Right? You guys remember Jacob, right? Uh, after he had met Esau, and like he was scared to death to meet his brother, right? And, and God gave him favor, right? And then when he got done with meeting him, the Bible says that, 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 um, that Jacob went and he pitched his tent in a place and he bought, bought some land and it was called Shechem for a hundred pieces of silver. Right? So he paid for 100 pieces of silver, and it says he pitched his tent there. Do you know what the name Shechem, or that, that he pinched, pitched his tent there, and he named the place El Elohe Israel, and it means the God of Israel, or mighty, is a God of Israel. You see, it's already been a great place of victory. It's already been a great place where, where they've seen God do many things, and when they brought 
Jacob and um, Joseph's bones out of Egypt, where did they bury him? At Shechem, right? So, so there's a history here, and there's a place here, and if you actually study that word Shechem, it, it actually means this. And so I know what it means, but I'm going to read more in depth. It means this. It means shoulder. Isn't that cool? They met at the shoulder. That's like the weirdest thing in the world, isn't it? But it means something else. The shoulder to the, to the Hebrew culture it is the seat of a person's interest. The shoulder represents the seat of a person's interest. Seed, yeah, no, no, the seat. It's where decisions are made, and it's where 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 people meet. How many of you know when they say say the um, Olympia is the capital? It's the seat, you know, or the county seats in here. That's where decisions are made, right? So he's talking about they're meeting at Shechem and they're meeting at that seat of personal interest. And you know what? We get that opportunity to meet like that too, right? Let me read on because there's some really cool stuff in here. It won't let me like face recognize. So like I should have done the face recognition with a face mask on. Because now I have to just like, right? Okay, so, so it's, as a noun, it means a shoulder. As one shoulder was considered the seat of one's burdens, whether physical or metamorphical. Man, I got to hurry, right? Curiously, though, the denominative verb that came from this noun, namely shakam, does not mean to shoulder in the sense of carrying something but rather to rise early or to make an early start. This seems to suggest that a person's burden was considered a thing of voluntary dedication rather than something forced upon them. And so as I was reading that, there's another scripture that came to my mind, and it's in Isaiah chapter 9. Does anyone ever know that? Heard that? That? You know what it says? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now watch this, though, because he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Right? Are you guys trying to follow me? God bless you. Right? Unto us a child is born, unto us, and the government shall be upon his what? On his shoulders, right? And, and so, so it actually says here in Isaiah 9, 6 in the complete Jewish Bible, it says, for a child, it's like a passive perfect tense. It's for a child has been born to us. Like it's already happened. When God gave the word, you know something that it already happens. It's just not like it's going to happen, might happen or it could happen, but it was like it had already happened right then. So as you read in the, the Hebrew right there, it says, For a child is born to us, a son given, and the authority is upon his shoulder, and the wondrous advisor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, called his name the Prince of Peace. Right? And so when God gives us a word and when God says something, we know that, that it's going to happen. But I love this about this because God's saying, I want you to make a personal choice, and I want to want to be on the on the throne on the seat of your heart 
And it's just not, not um, necessarily like many of us are saved, right? We know Jesus, but how many of us are operating in what we're doing, right? It says for freedom that Christ set us free. Right? Do you hear what I'm talking about? And so, and it's not about a legalism, but it's about a heart thing. And like, God, what do you want to do in my life? God, where, where do you want to be in my life? And am I choosing you in every aspect and in every area of my life? What's our decision? What are we thinking about? And so as I was reading on in, in Joshua, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord God of Israel says, long ago your forefathers included Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and Isaac gave Jacob, and and so on. I'm going to skip to five because I'm going to run out of time if I don't. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there and brought you and I brought you out. So now he's talking about how I brought you out, how you were in slavery, how you were in bondage, but I brought you out, right? I brought your forefathers out of Egypt. You came, came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea, but they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. And then he's talking about bringing them out again from all the ites and the, you know. Right? There's a ton of ites here. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, on the cities you did not build, and you live live in them and you eat the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant now serve the lord and fear him right and then let me go on that fear like everybody's like fear like i like everybody's like oh my god here he comes that's not what it means it means like a reverence it's a honoring right like i get that with a horse like, I'm going so fast trying to get stuff done, I'm going to slow down just for a minute, right? Because I'm going to freak you guys out, right? But that, it's a respect, it's an honor. Like, I can tell when that horse connects with me and when it responds to me because what it does is it has a reverence. It's almost like we have a relationship and it's honoring that reverence and it's respecting me enough to trust me to go where I want to go, right? And to do what I want to do. And that's really good news, right? Okay. Throw away the gods your father. Uh, throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river, and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers serve beyond the river, or the gods of your Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me, and my household, we will serve the Lord. You know what Jacob, jo Joshua is saying? You know what? You can go follow whoever you want. You can go do whatever you want. But you know something? As for me, I'm going to make that choice. I'm the, It's in my personal interest to put you on the seat of the throne. It's in my personal interest 
to acknowledge you in every aspect of my life and know that you're for me and know that you're going to be there for me and you're going to get me out. And so for some of us, it's like we think of slavery and bondage and we might think of it as, as you know what, you're just uh, like our old friend, he's a Texan. Sorry, but he's a heathen, man. Right? And, and he actually gave his heart to Jesus when we were on the, on the, on the trail. And so you, everybody would be like, well, look what he did this and he done that and he done that. And when, so everyone thinks that's so rotten and bad. And some of it was pretty rotten and bad, right? And we look just at that. But how much of the time do we not look at like, well, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to trust what I can do. You know, that's just as bad as anything else. Because what we're doing is we're taking control of what we should be given to God. And we're saying, you know what, God, you just sat back. I can handle this. I can do this. And we're, and we're not giving it to God. So every day we have the opportunity. Am I going to choose God? Am I going to choose God's grace? Am I going to choose God's goodness? Am I going to choose God's heart? Am I going to choose God's promises? Or am I going to choose what I'm seeing? Am I going to, like for, for me, like you could go back and be really legalistic and forget that it's because of the finished sacrifice of Jesus that I stand. And, and then you can get self-condemning. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, so we can get to a point now where we say, you know something? I'm going to choose you, Jesus. I'm going to choose your heart. I'm going to choose your ways. And I'm going to choose your life and watch what you're going to do in my life. Amen? I'm going to choose to wear a mask. Right? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then it says this. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And what he's calling us to walk in his freedom and walk in his grace and walk in his peace and walk in his goodness and follow in him and trust in him in every aspect of our life. And you can't get any better than that, right? Like, well, that's the only other place that says that. No. I wish I had to prove to you guys. Not too serious this morning. You guys are like, good Lord. What, what happened to you? Right? It says in um, John chapter 8, verse 31, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold my teachings, you are my, really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we, we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What's he saying? When you're in slavery, when you're in yoke, you're in bondage to that slavery, right? None of us can stand before God without the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? But when he paid that price and when he set us free, let's not go 
back running back to 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 the things that that um, ensnare us and hold us down we have that opportunity here you might be watching I can talk to the camera I've been talking to camera so much it's been great talking to people right but you're out there it's like I can point at them I get in trouble if I pointed like this right you're out there maybe you're running from God maybe you're like you know what I give up. This is just too bad. I'm not ever going to make it. I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you, and he died on the cross for you. And it's not about you being perfect, but it's about his perfect sacrifice that sets you free, and it comes through one person, and his name's Jesus. All you got to do is say, with every head bowed and eye closed, Father, forgive me of my sins. I give my heart to you. Come into my heart. And B, I give you the care and control of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. So anyway, with that, I've got two minutes left. I hurried up too much. So anyway, thank you guys for coming. We love each and every one. It's great to see you guys in person. And just to reiterate, I don't want... Man, I always want to be encouraging and uplifting, but I also want to be full of the truth. Say, hey, let's put our focus on God. Let's put our focus on Jesus in this season. Not walk in fear, but walk in faith and walk in the grace that God's called for us. Amen? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.